0: Um this morning, we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 21. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. And just to keep in mind as we go through this, um, the tactic that Jesus is using here uh, as He's confronting the religious leaders of the day in front of all the, the people, He's using a tactic that uh, was used against David. If you remember, when David uh was in sin with Bathsheba and then Nathan comes to him and he says there was this this rich man and this poor man and the rich man had lots of sheep and the poor man had one little lo- little lamb and the rich man took the little lamb killed it gave it to his friend and you know it just made David so mad and then Nathan says those famous words thou art the man and uh that's where you have David confessing his sin and going on. But uh, here you have Jesus using the same tactic, telling a story to help the, the religious leaders of the day understand where they're really at here. So uh, let's go ahead and start reading in verse 28. Uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 28, it says this. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, Go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and uh, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him, the first, Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and harlots believed him. Ye that, uh, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterwards, that ye might uh, believe him. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father God, thank you so much for your word that you've given to us today. Thank you so much that uh, we can come to you in prayer and uh, just at any time. Uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, you're so gracious to us. Even when we mess up, even when we uh, sin, you're, you're there waiting to forgive us if we'll just repent. Lord, I pray that you'd help us today as we look at your word that we would uh, draw close to you, that we would turn from anything that we need to. I pray that you would open our eyes to help us to see those areas that we can uh, draw closer to you and that we can repent of our sins. Um, I pray that you be with those that can't be with us today, those that are traveling on vacation, those that are sick, and those that uh, might just be joining in um, and, and live too far away to, to be with us. Lord, I pray that you would just be with them and watch over and protect them and bless them and draw them close to yourself. Uh, we love you and praise you. We're looking so forward uh, to your return. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I've thought it was interesting this week. Um, just one of the phenomena that's gone on this week. Um, there's a song that's going out, uh, going on, and uh, the guy's name is Chris. Lots of people call him Oliver, uh, Oliver Anthony, and he's got kind of a crude song. But as you listen to his story, and as you try to find out a little bit more about the man, uh, you find out that he has come to a point, point. Um, and, and I don't know that he would use these words, but it appears to me that he has repented of what he has done before. He's seen where it's taken him, and he's repented, and he's calling on others in his music to repent. And I thought that's so interesting that you have... Um, what some people would call a, a redneck, a hillbilly. Uh, when I first saw him, I thought, well, that's, that's somebody from a church in Kansas that we know. And, and then I started watching it. No, he, he, he uses the uh, slang from Virginia, not the slang from Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas. Uh, but as you watched him uh, and, and saw where he's coming from, Uh, It's interesting because this is exactly, I think, what Jesus is talking about here as he is confronting these religious leaders. And and it's interesting to see what has taken place. So let's uh, go back just a little bit and try to remember how we've got where we're we're at. I know I do this every week, but I think it's still good for us to go over. When Jesus came and he was... uh, Going from Galilee to Jerusalem, he took the outer road. He gets to Jericho. And, and what was what happened in Jericho? Well, two blind men were, were healed. Uh, then he they come on up, they're singing the praises going up to Jerusalem. They get to Bethany, and he's anointed with oil by Mary at Bethany. Uh, then he's um, teaching and eating and just with the common people and and the religious leaders of that day Uh, You can tell in John's gospel they are upset with it In fact, they say why don't we go ahead and kill him and Lazarus just to do away with them? Because many people are believing on him because of Lazarus. So you've got that whole uh, Dynamic going on and then Jesus does the triumphal entry into Jerusalem Uh, people are uh, praising him, singing Hosanna to the highest. He's riding this colt. It's never been ridden. He shows his deity there. Then he comes in and cleans out the temple uh, and shows his deity again uh, by being able to uh, keep people out of the temple court uh, just by himself. And and then you see again he shows his deity when he curses the fig tree and and it withers away. So uh, then last week we looked at how he was being challenged by what authority do you do this? And, and he turns it around on them, and he asks uh, John the Baptist, what, was he of heaven or of men? And kind of turns the tables on them, uh, and, and they're kind of set on their heels, and now he goes on the offense uh, as he starts to tell this story that's uh, similar to what... Uh, what happened with David. And so the first little bit, you see that he's got two sons, the scenario. So it's, it's a, uh, bifurcated, uh, there are just two, two ways to look at it. And and the first person that you've got there, this first son, lazy, not doing anything. And, And when he comes, he says, I want you to go work in my vineyard. I will not. Now, you hear those words and you think that child, that son needs to be stoned. Uh, He should be taken out. And honestly, that's what the the religious leaders of the day would have said because of the way he answered his father, he should have been stoned for being a lazy, no good son. And and, uh, they could have laid their hands on him and done away with him. And I'm sure that that's what the religious people are thinking. and. and Jesus goes on to say, he says, I will not, but afterwards he goes into the field. What happened there? Well, his conscience got the better of him. His conscience starts working on him. Uh, and I'm sure that he's thinking to himself, I shouldn't even be allowed to be a son. Uh, it reminds me of the, the parable that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 15. Uh, of the prodigal son and the son that stayed and worked but wouldn't come into the the banquet when the prodigal son came back, and, and Jesus he used this analogy of the two sons quite often, uh, and, and it it reminds me of the uh, just the the idea that has been put forward: either you're going to sit on the throne of your heart or God is going to sit on the throne of your heart? Who are you going to allow to be in charge of it? Uh, One of the pastors, uh, old pastor that I heard uh, his message, uh, found it somewhere online, and I forget his name, but uh, he said, we need to repent in such a way that um, we need to not just turn over and, and let God steer our car and us sit in the passenger seat, We probably need to get out and sit in the back seat. But then we would still be tempted to reach forward and grab the wheel from him. So, what we need to do is get out of the car, open up the trunk, crawl into the trunk, and throw the keys out and pull the trunk down and just say, God, wherever you want to go, I'm here along for the ride. Um, But most of us don't do that. We grab the wheel, we want to take control of our lives. And, And so, you've got these. This one son that he repents and he realizes that I'm going the wrong way. What was he guilty of here? Well, the, the first son, uh, he had two great sins that I see. He was dishonoring his father and he was rude to his father. Not just, not just did he dishonor him by saying, I won't go. It's almost a, no, I will not go, you old man leave me alone, let me do my own thing. And as we look at this, just the rudeness of the way that he responds, I can think in my own, my own life, how was I rude to my parents sometimes? And how did they respond to me? Uh, I remember when I got saved, I've told this story before, but uh, it was Mother's Day, 1980. And I remember thinking to myself after I'd, I had, prayed and asked God to forgive me. I thought to myself, so what do I do now? And and I thought I was terrified because now I've got to go tell my mom, I'm sorry for being so dishonorable, uh, for being such a a naughty boy, if you will, for for being the way that I am. And and I remember going out and telling her that on Mother's Day and thinking to myself, I'm going to go get a spanking right now. That's all there is to it. That's she's just going to take me out and take me to the truck and spank me. And uh, that's not at all what she did. She took me to herself. She gave me a hug, said, that's great. And and so that's what often happens. It reminds me of uh, Ezekiel chapter 18. We won't read this right now, but Ezekiel chapter 18, uh, you have verses 21 through 24. It it describes this relationship and it, it, it asks the question, does God have take pleasure in the death of the wicked? No, he doesn't. He loves to see them turn. So turn. And and so his conscience got the better of him, this first son. Um, And and I wrote down here, there is no pillow softer than a clear conscience. I think I got that saying right, didn't I, Daleen? There's no pillow softer than a clear conscience. Um, One of our professors in college used to say that before every test, and and usually on the test, bonus points. What is my saying? There's no pillow softer than a clear conscience. Um, This young man didn't have a clear conscience, so he got up and he did what he was told to do. He showed his sorrow by doing what he knew his father wanted him to do. He didn't just go with fancy words. He did what he was supposed to do. The second son... Uh, He had three great sins that I saw here. First, he dishonored his father. Uh, He was rude to his father, and he lacked the ability to judge himself. So uh, those three things, he dishonored his father. What did his father say to him? Go and work in my field. And he said, I go. Now, it sounds not not just I go, but I go, sir, have you ever been around, because of the circles that we run in, uh, we oftentimes are around a lot of homeschool kids. And and it's interesting the way that some young people address adults. And we have just watched this over the years that uh, because of the way they play with our kids and whatnot, but uh, you'll have them come up to you and Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and they're like that. And then you see them playing with the kids and they're rude to our kids or they are mean to our kids, And but they put on this show up front of, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And I would rather they not call me, sir, and treat my children with respect than to call me, sir, treat me with respect and treat my children in a wrong way. And, and that's kind of a, a joke among uh, homeschoolers that they're so respectful when they talk to you, but they're so awkward when they're around other kids, or they're so mean sometimes when they're around other kids. Well, that's what this kid was like. Uh, this young man was very much like what you find in Exodus chapter 24, verse 7, uh, Joshua chapter 24, verse 24, uh, where he says, The covenant is put in front of you now. Now are you going to follow? And everybody says yes. And the very next thing, what do they do? Well, in Exodus, they build a golden calf. And in Joshua, you find Judges is right after that, and they turn away from God and start following Baal. So that's exactly what you have here. He said with his mouth one thing and did something totally di- different. Um, they thought that they're, they were fine because they honored... God, the people of his this day, and this young man thought that he was fine, I'm sure that he was thinking, yes, sir, I'll go do it as soon as I get done with da, 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 da. whatever it is. Uh, yeah, I'll take care of it as soon as I get done playing my, my game, or I'll do it as soon as I get done reading my book. Um, we've had both situations in our house where, um, you know, with our son, Sometimes we'd tell him, take out the trash. Okay, I'll get it. And we'd come back down the next morning and trash is still there. What happened? Well, I got started playing the game and I totally forgot. Okay. You know, I've done the same exact thing. Uh, but then we had uh, one of our other daughters. Would you do the dishes or would you clean up the kitchen? Okay, I'll get to it. And it never got done. And what happened? Well, I got into my book and it was so good. And I just lost track. And, you know, she would read a bu- She would read books all night long. And we'd catch her and we're like, okay, now we're going to have to take away your books. Oh, that We seemed so cruel taking away her books that now I can't read my books. And she still loves to read her books like that. But it, it just... You tell them to do one thing and they say, yeah, I'll do it. And then they don't. Um, In reality, they dishonored their, he dishonored his father uh, because of his disobedience. Anytime we're disobedient, it's dishonoring to the father. And, And so they didn't realize all that they were doing wrong. Their disobedience was dishonor, their rudeness, because they call him sir and didn't do what he told them to do. And then they lacked the ability to judge themselves. They lacked the ability to look at themselves. And I think that's why Christ pulls it back and he says, what do you think? Um, down in verse 31, he says, whether of them twain did the will of his father. He puts it very plain of what needed to be done. Who did the will of the father? And, and the answer was clear because they had both, they had all seen. And I'm sure everybody just yelled out, well, the first one did. And I'm sure that the people watching didn't quite get it until Jesus starts bringing it out. Um, he did this because it was obvious. Uh, for one, most of the time it is obvious to us. If we're the ones that are looking at the sin, it's obvious the other person is sinning uh it reminds me in in uh, matthew chapter 7 uh the sermon on the mount you have jesus saying judge not that ye be not judged and then he goes on to say uh take the the beam out of your own eye before you take the speck out of someone else's why because it's easy for you to see the speck in someone else's eye it's hard for you to see that blaring thing that's going on with yourself why is that well because I'm most of the time looking at my wife. I'm looking at daylene and, and so I can see the flaws there, but I can't see where, oh no, I, I, don't, I don't have myself put together the way I'm supposed to be. Uh, look at yourself in the mirror. So it was obvious though, with this story, what was going on. He then lets them see the uh, interpretation, what the interpretation was uh who was the one that was important he goes down to verse um in in verse 31 verily i say unto you the publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of god before you what a hard saying for them the the tax collectors the people that have been in blatant sin the people that don't come to the temple the people that aren't even allowed into the temple and how often are we guilty of doing this of setting a standard and people feeling guilty or feeling uh, they don't want to come to church because I can't meet the standard, so I'm just not going to go at all. I think that's one of the good things about the online services. You know, you don't have to clean up before you watch online. Uh, At least do something, Uh, but come and join in with us. But the publicans, the harlots, these people that had been in blatant sin, are going into the kingdom before you. And and what must that have done to their hearts? It's like, that doesn't make sense to me. But what can we learn from this? Again, he he takes this down to John the Baptist's teaching. And look at the the law and the prophets. Uh, What did the law say? And this is not in my notes, but what did the law say? The law said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. What did all the prophets say? Repent, basically. That's what they were saying. So what can we learn from this? Well, Jesus is making a great um, distinction about repentance and believing here. Uh, This is the one thing that really just stuck out to me as I was looking at this and finishing this up this morning. Um, He says down here in verse 32, For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not, but the publicans and harlins, harlots believe him, and ye and when and, and ye, when ye had seen it, repent not afterward that ye had, might believe him. It, it appears to me that what he is saying here is, until you repent until you admit your wrong, you cannot believe, you have to repent first and admit you're wrong before you can even turn to Christ. So that repentance and he had already opened up their eyes so that they could see because he had been teaching to them. It's just they refused to see or they refused to what's this going to do to me? What happens to us when we repent? What happens when uh w-? that's one of the hardest things for us to do is to admit I'm wrong. I've made a mistake here. Please forgive me. Uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, early on in, in uh, Mary you know, Daylene and I, we've been married 29 years today. Uh, I mean, that's a long time for her to stick with me. 29 years. Uh, one of the first things that I learned though, was uh, you need to be willing to say, I'm sorry, I've messed up, please forgive me. And then, you know, It was easy to tell when I had done something wrong, but it was hard for me to tell what was it that I did wrong. Daleen would often ask when I would say, I'm sorry, what are you sorry for? I don't really know. (laughs) That became a difficult thing because I'm not sure what I did that offended you, but I'm sure sorry that I did it. Whatever it was. Well, here with Christ, he makes it plain. What is it that we should repent of? Well, doing the will of the Father. What is the will of the Father? Um, God's will is very plain from the beginning on. He wants a relationship with us. He wants communion with us. In the garden, He wanted a relationship with Him. And most of the time, we're just looking at ourselves. We're thinking about ourselves. This is good for myself to eat, not for God's glory. God told me not to eat of the fruit, but I'm going to eat of it anyways because I like it. It looks good to me. And so we're unwilling to repent. Therefore, we can't believe that God has grace for us. When we don't repent, we know He should not have grace with us. Therefore, we don't see His grace, and we can't see what He is trying to do. Repentance comes before faith, it appears to me. We also see that Jesus Jesus love uh, loves uh, let me see if I can say this again. Jesus loves to show mercy to sinners. In Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 23, it says this: "Have I any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, saith the Lord, and not that he should return from his way and live?" That's implied. I want the wicked person to return, to come back to me. God's mercy is so great. It's so much greater than our sin. And and so often we think our sin is so much greater than God's grace or his mercy for us. Um, We see with what Christ did how that God made a way so that we could be set free, so that we could go free. And, And in this whole passage here, Christ is setting this out for the publicans, so or for the the Pharisees and the priests and the ones that uh, that were rejecting him. This is what you've got to do. You've got to repent. You've got to turn away. And they still would not do it. It's so plain. I mean, how do you make this sermon any any more plain? You've got to repent. Um, The last thing that I have here, and I know this has gone quickly, but the last thing that I see here, it pleases the Father. It pleased the Father to put our sin on Jesus so that we could be made right. In Isaiah chapter 53, uh, verses 10, it says this, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the, ple- and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. When you read through Isaiah chapter 53 and see how that Christ was bruised for our iniquity, uh, by his stripes were healed, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have gone, everyone, to his own way. And I think this is the problem that you see with the the Pharisees, the priests, the scribes, the different ones here, they thought in their own selves were righteous. We're good, we're doing enough. We, we don't have anything to repent of. And when I talk to people in our day and age now, uh, we come across people and it's always somebody else causing the problem. It's always someone else that needs to turn. And we, are, we look at ourselves as being right. We look at ourselves as being, I haven't done anything wrong here. Why should I repent? And, and oftentimes, we just don't see how that we should repent. The question I would ask then is, have we asked the Father? Where do I need to repent? What do I need to be doing differently? Well, back to the, he said, go work in my vineyard. What is his field? What is his vineyard? Uh, His vineyard is all around us out here. It's the people gathering in into his vineyard or into his barn. Um, We're commanded to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. We're commanded to be a witness to everyone. Uh, We're commanded to be uh, light, uh, a bright and shining light in this wicked world that we're in, and how often are we shining for Him. Um, When you think about the the little songs that we learned as kids, uh, just the the simple little songs, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Uh, You know, it was simple, it was easy, but there's so much importance in that song. We have a light. And, And back to the Sermon on the Mount, Uh, Jesus said who puts a candle under a bushel you put it on a candlestick that it gives light to the whole house and so much of the time we're so ashamed because we don't want to offend anyone we don't want to hurt someone's feelings we don't want them to feel uncomfortable around us but when we're glorifying the Father and they're not they should feel uncomfortable because what's the Bible tell us to do? provoke one another unto good works that we may glorify our Father which is in heaven. So, uh, in closing, as we finish this up, looking at this parable, we'll get to the next one next week, but finishing up this parable, looking at it, which of the two sons? You have this rude son. I'm not doing anything. And then his conscience gets the better of him. Have you allowed your conscience to have free reign? Or do you have... Uh, what the Bible, what Paul talks about as a, a seared conscience, something that you've said no too long. It might be important to just say, God, I might have done that. I don't see anywhere I need to repent. Can you please show me somewhere? Because who of us is perfect? Or are we like the second son? I'm doing it. I'm doing everything. Yes, sir, I go. Uh, I, I'm in a foreign land preaching. I'm doing everything. Am I really doing everything that God has told me to do? Um, We need to be very careful about that. And and not just judge other people, but be willing to judge ourselves. Hold up the mirror of God's word to our lives so that we can see what we're doing. Are we doing right? Are we doing wrong? Where do we need to repent? It's a very simple concept. It's a very simple message, repent. Jesus says in Luke chapter 13, verse three and five, except you repent, we shall all likewise perish. How many times through the Old Testament and then through the New Testament does God tell us, repent, 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 repent. That's one of the main messages of the Bible. It's so simple, yet so much of the time we forget to do it. Except we repent, we shall all likewise perish. Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. Dear Father God, thank you so much for your word that you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for uh, just this simple little story that you told. Um, there's not a lot to it except you've got these two sons and uh, Lord, each and every one of us, we are like one of those two. We're either obeying you and doing what you've told us to do, even though we've messed up along the way, or we think we're good enough the way we are. Lord, I pray you'd help us to examine ourselves. uh, Help us not to uh, just assume that we're always in the right. Lord, we know we're not always in the right. Help us to follow after you. Help us to honor you with all that we say and do. Uh, We're looking so forward to your return. Help us to live that way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I think we have one more song.